On this episode, we are joined by Ed Isaacson, the Director of Basketball Recruiting at KMG Sport Management. Give it a listen. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Isaacson. He is the Director of Basketball Recruiting at KMG Sports Management. Ed, welcome back. Good to see right, you. Great Glad to see you're you here. Guys. Great to see you guys. Second um, recurring guest. Yes, second <laughs> recurring Carm, guest ever. Ed Isaacson. <laughs> <laughs> it's making history. There, making history. Um, before we get into it, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, for people that don't know you, your background, and KMG, just give people kind of the rundown of what you do and, and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, KMG is a, a sports agency based out of Cincinnati. Uh, I work out of my home here in New York. Awesome. Uh, my job right now, uh, I'm going through the process of getting certified to become an agent myself. But at this stage, I just work on recruiting and bringing in players. Um, a lot of it goes back to my time on the scouting and media side, having built up a lot of contacts at the college level, um, which is mostly how I get in to, to meet most of these guys. Uh, so, let me say, right now, uh, this is my first full year with KMG. And are you focused mostly on college guys, or do you do a little bit of... My, you know, right now, my, my aim is uh, I look for seniors. Okay. Um, we're not involved really right, at least right now, in involved in going in on, again, for underclassmen or your, your lottery picks or anything. You know, we're not in that game. Um, we're looking for guys who uh, most, most of them will pl- probably play overseas or in the G League. Um, but our hope is to, to sort of find, you know, our Kent Bazemore. Okay. That guy who, you know, being undervalued. Yep. Uh, but we find him and we bring him through the process to, to him when he eventually gets to the league and then, you know, signs that, that big contract. Love it. Um, perfect segue into some of the new guys that you guys have brought on this year. Who, who are they? Uh, it's definitely a varied class. Um, it starts with a kid named DJ McCall. He was the uh, Horizon League play, uh, Defensive Player of the Year out of IUPUI. Uh, you know, a lot of strengths. Uh, you know, other than defense, sees the floor well, uh, can, you know, can play a couple different positions. Uh, so I, you know, the kind of guy that coaches are going to love. Um, we have Jordan Cornish out of Tulane, uh, the next UNLV uh, guy. Who then uh, after the you know, after the mess they had there, <laughs> yeah. after Dave Rice was let go, uh, he transferred home to New Orleans and played for Mike Dunleavy. Uh, another guy who's you know the fit wasn't perfect with Dunleavy, so. Uh, he ended up being a bit again a bit undervalued, but we're talking about a legit six six point guard. Oh, yeah. um, Which are hard to come by. Yeah, sure. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, then was uh, able to grab a kid named PJ Savoy out of Florida State. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh, 
awesome. another guy. I mean, just a phenomenal time. shooter. Yeah. Uh, but you know, un unfortunately, when you know when you go to a place like Florida State, he spent three years playing behind guys who are all in the NBA right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you look, you know, he's playing 15, 20 minutes a game. You look at the numbers he was able to put up during that time. Um, you know, he, he's going to do well. And he comes from a basketball background. He's a Vegas kid, and his dad was a star at UNLV yep. back in the early 90s. Yeah. Uh, we have a kid, Jason Dunn, out of Hartford. Shout uh, out to Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guy who could just, I mean, another phenomenal shooter. Uh, Howard, he has uh, pro range, um, but you know can can score in a lot of different ways. Great defender, um, and eventually I see him sort of transitioning uh, to the point guard position. Okay. Uh, and mm, then we have uh, a kid named uh, Jacob Ledoux, which is an interesting kid. Uh, he's a twin. Him and his twin had played at McNeese State for two years. Interesting. Um, and, and then they both decided to transfer after their sophomore years. Brother uh, went to Louisiana Tech and had to sit out this past year. Okay. Uh, Jacob went down to Division II. Uh, so he was eligible to play right away in a, a, a Texas uh, Permian Basin. Yeah, Lone Star Conference. Wow. And, uh, and just, I mean, yeah, it, you know, it's sort of that situation anytime a D1 guy goes down and plays D2. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, unless he was going to move back to D1, he was ready to go mm -hmm. and play pro ball. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we have a kid, uh, uh, you know, uh, a project kid named Ken Odiasi. His brother Ty played at Illinois, Chicago, was one of the leading shot blockers uh, in the country. He's now, wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with a two-way contract for someone this year. Um, Ken played at Chicago State, but you know, for some reason it was a new coach and it was just anytime he was on the floor he did well, he just never got yeah, they never put him in. Uh, but a lot of raw talent and phenomenal athlete. Uh, and I don't know who am I missing? No, that's a lot. Right that's a there. lot. It, it was. It was. A, it was. It was a, uh, a fantastic class. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, How many do you usually get in your class? Well, so this is the time. First time I had a full year. Okay. For came last year, yeah, uh, I came in. Uh, I, yeah, I came in. It was already you know the start. Yeah. You know, it's kind of over. Uh, by the time, yeah. but you could probably get a couple. But yeah, um, this year was. Uh, this should be you know seven eight should be the average okay. going on. And as we continue to build, um, a lot of it ends up becoming, uh, you know, referrals. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we ended up with uh, Good Luck Okanobo because mm -hmm. uh, he was an ex-teammate of Jordan's at UNLV. Yeah. And they were talking and when Good Luck got hurt, um, you know, I guess his old agency just, yeah, you know, wasn't paying wasn't paying attention, so he decided to yeah. get rid of him. He's getting ready to come back, and yeah. again, I mean, just a phenomenal raw talent. Yeah. You know, put him in the right hands, and um, I would yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to the NBA one day. All right, all right. Well, you've heard it here. If that happens, you said it on uh, 
June 27th. Yeah. <laughs> we'll mark it down. Um, before we get into the draft, uh, I want to talk about a Twitter thread that you had with a, a, a variety of uh, other sports basketball guys on Twitter. Um, and we, we've talked, Ian and I have a, other guests on, we constantly talk about the New York City basketball scene, whether pro, college, or high school. And the, the tweet that you had that kind of sparked a lot of responses was that you said, continually hearing that so many New York City high school players go under-recruited due to a lack of strong scouting service in that area. Might have to see that something is done about that. So many overlooked players here who feel they need to leave to get recognition. Now that is, it goes hand in hand with the exposure aspect and I think just quality coaching. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why people go to, in particular, what we see is the prep schools and they go to the NEPSAC. Why do you think they're, I mean, and, and one of the people who responded to you, whether it's the DMV area, North Carolina, Atlanta's got freaking ten of too many, um, but usually it's the other problem, that there are too many services and you really have to like play favorites and you know you don't have enough budget. I remember at Kennesaw, it's like we couldn't afford to get all of them. Yeah. And so you had to tell guys like, look, you know, we had to get this one here and this one here for these reasons and we can't buy your services here. In New York, besides, um, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, the, the, the OG in the scouting service Tom, was Tom, Tom, Charles. Charles. Besides him, and even that, you know, like because he's so old school, it's just not what people are probably in need of now. I don't know, like who else well, is doing it? That's a, you really don't know. And that's, you know, and I'm starting to see that this is coming. You know, I think the national guys are now starting to get a hold of it and they're all, yeah. you know. They have their own kind of. They're at Long Island, they're at Christ the King, they're yeah. at Malloy. Yeah, they're nope. not the ones that it's everyone hard. already knows about. No exactly. And that's like Evan Daniels is not going to find a diamond no. in the rough that's no, no. like... He doesn't have time. He's got to go to Vegas and so like, Florida and Texas. Like, he knows the guys that are on the circuit. Yeah, they're supposed yeah. to be and But then outside of that, it's like, dude's a national recruiting center, and that's what most of the guys are. Right. So. And a lot of it isn't just, you know, finding stars it's that d3 kid who could play for a d1 school yeah, exactly um or the juco you know the kid who no one talked to ended up having to go a juco route yeah and you know once he gets there you find someone finds out oh he can really play yeah well if someone had paid attention yeah earlier you know said yeah everyone's at, at you know the big schools no one's sitting at Bayside High or yeah. no, Forest Hills yeah. or unless, you know, unless there happens to be someone that everyone knows about. Yeah. And, I mean, what, what is the, how do you fix it? I mean, besides just starting a recruiting service. But again, like, it has to be someone reputable. You know what I mean? Because it can't, to me, it can't be someone who's, like, on the come up and trying to make a name for themselves because that doesn't fix it now. Yeah. In 10 years, maybe if they do a good job, people will sign on. But it almost has to be someone that already has a following and knows the scene, yeah. right? I, mean, I think, it, I mean, personally, I think in the short term, it's just going to fall on the coaches more than anything. Yeah. I mean, it's... And, and you got to get your guys recruited. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, that... It's hard because there's so many different relationships going a number of ways. The coaches with the, with the college coaches, the coach with the players, the coach trying to retain those players. Yeah. And so, it, I, I don't, I'm not sure, at least in, in, the, short, in the short period... How, how we fix it? Well, yeah, and I mean that's uh, something you know. It's something I think I'm I'm going to take on, and a lot of it will be if the coaches have to do it, is is helping them connect with the people they need to. Yeah. Um, and you know maybe as a long term thing, finding the right people to put together yeah. a, a service that, I said is going is going to. It can't be one person. 
It's impossible. No, that's the thing is, you know, when the people who come in, they're going to focus on, you know, the names they heard about. Mm-hmm. Like we have this uh, over at Archbishop Malloy this weekend. All, you know, all the Catholic high schools are going to be playing, yeah. in, you know, it's a live period. And, yeah. um, but even the coaches who are going to go in are going to, for the most part, focus on who, you know, the names they've heard already. Mm-hmm. You know, people would be there for the Malloy game and the Christ the King game. But how many people are going to be there? For, you know, my old school, St. Francis Prep. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, so it's, yeah. um, you know, so head over there this weekend and sort of, you know, talk again. You know, continue the conversation. Uh, but you know, I think you could see from sort of the reaction from a lot of people. I mean, I think you know the large majorities agreed with, with, with you know what you know what the yeah. coaches were telling them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, and uh, to kind of shift gears, I was over from I was from the New York side. Um, we did have the uh, the the NBA draft uh, this past week. Um, we didn't get to do a preview, but to kind of cover back over everything, want to go through the lottery here, kind of get takes on each one of those guys, and then talk about some surprises, underdrafted, overdrafted. Obviously, number one, I think, is probably the the, the least. Big surprise of, of any possible draft ever um, with with Zion, um, and then Ja going number two, and then RJ going three. Either you got any surprises whatsoever there that that shook out the way it did? Yeah, no. I mean, it was obviously, and it it was one of those. Like I'm still not a hundred percent on board with Zion Williamson. Um, as, I, as the savior or as a very good NBA player? He'll be a good NBA player. Yeah, I have no I doubt agree. about that. Yeah. Is he going to be able to look Is he up? Anthony Davis? Right. Is he going to reach that level? But uh, even with even with that, if you thought that someone like John Moran's going to have the better career, it, it's still There's a business. So it, 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 well, and, and, it's a, and it's a business. Yeah. It's and no matter pressure. what, no one... Zion's going to sell tickets. Is, yeah. It's, jerseys. <laughs> Bobbleheads. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I said even if Zion didn't put up the numbers that he did this year, he would have been a strong contender for number one, just based on yeah. um, what he could do to revitalize. Or as Enos Kanter said, he's uh, joyous Randall with hops. Well, that's <laughs> always like that. Yeah, we've always said like he. That's what he kind of looks like. That's kind of how he played. Now he, he's more explosive than Randall. I like the Larry Johnson comparison. That's not bad either, but he's just still like he's kind of in his own. It's hard to compare yeah, really hard because to he's and so big. And it's gonna he's be just bigger than anyone that and, you can compare. And especially too, obviously, I know they're gonna, and we'll get to that with Jackson Hayes. Like they're not if, by drafting Jackson Hayes, they don't envision him. I think as a five, they don't want to play. Which is great. Yeah, yeah, I think if he develops his jump shot a little bit, then he's really hard to guard. Yeah, he's not gonna have to bang as much as a four no. that's or a five. But then I assume they go small ball, but. That's what was interesting to me. Um, yeah, it said it becomes an issue of is he going to be you know your go to guy? And I don't know. And I don't know if he becomes a go to. Got to have yeah. some shooters around him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, gotta have some they have shooters. talent. I don't know if they have the shooting yet, but yeah. I mean, you added Brandon Ingram, you had Lonzo Ball, Drew's still there. And two lottery picks, obviously in Zion and Jackson Hayes. You can make some moves here and there, but like. Did you say Okafor too? Did you? Angelo. Yeah, they got Okafor too. It's an all-do team. It is. That's interesting. 
Yeah, well, and, yeah, I don't think anyone's surprised about him. Yeah. I think he'll he'll be on the all rookie team whether he wins it or not. Who mm-hmm. knows? Obviously, I think he'll be the early yeah. favorite. And um, Ja, as soon as they trade my, there was yeah, no yeah. doubt. I didn't think unless that they were taking him. Obviously, trading Mike Conley, who is that franchise, I think. Yep. They basically got kind of Mike Conley 2.0, right? I mean, like, somewhat, not the same type of play, but, like, look, you, you subbed in a, uh, the best point guard in the draft or a top five point guard in the league. You got to be happy with that. Yeah, and he's still, in a lot of ways, just very raw. Yeah. You know, he put most, a lot of the ways he plays is just on instinct. Yeah. Um, so when you get him in the right situation, once he starts to you know, be able to process a lot of what's going on around him. Yeah. Um, I'd said it, you know, you know, around February. So I wouldn't be surprised that between him and Zion, if he has, ends up having the overall, the better, better career. career. Yes. That would be shocking. Um, and then, then RJ, which I, I think before we even yeah. break down his oh, game, okay. I'm happy that Knicks didn't mess this up. Yeah. Right. Like they no, were no. supposed to pick him. He's the third best. He's the talent guy. Just go get the best player in the draft, and they finally did it. Because there were late rumblings there. It scared, with some, re- yeah, it scared all the Knicks fans. Like, who, Kobe White and Kobe White, like, Yeah, some late workouts where people were like, oh, my God, don't do this. Yeah. Even, again, mm-hmm. it's it's the business side of it. It's the t- Even if those, any anybody who they were thinking about drafting has a better career than Barrett, no one's going to remember that. Mm-hmm. It's that they blew the pick. And I'm one of the biggest, like, probably R.J. Barrett hater that thought he played very selfishly at times at Duke, but I'm very I'm happy with. I think that's what the Knicks need to do. I think he can develop. He has so much talent. I think he can develop mm-hmm. in a really good player. He's got to be able to go right way better than he did. That's what's scary. He was so left-heavy. It was wild. But you're saying, I mean, you put him, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, it's an interesting Dennis spot. Smith, Dennis Smith's still young. Obviously, yeah, he's still young. He's two years in, but... Yeah, I mean, the big thing for him, especially early on, is, yeah, I mean, he's going to, I mean, he's obviously going to get a lot of minutes right away, um, but is him not thinking he has to do everything, yeah. um, and, or thinking that he is their, you know, their prime. Well, the first option. question at the press conference was, can you put this franchise on your shoulders? Mm-hmm. What kind of ridiculous... You don't need to. That's not... Look, I, that, I mean, I get it because it's New York and it's just stupid, but, I mean... Yeah. It's not... It's, no, he can't. Yeah. And the same thing with Zion. It's like, no... And I think um, uh, David Griffin came out and said, like, no, Zion, on purpose, I think he's been saying this over and over. He's like, Zion is a piece to the puzzle, right? He's a piece to the puzzle. He's got to help... Now, he can help more than other players, but he's not the mm-hmm. savior that everyone is making him out to be, which I think is just part of the media and all that. Yeah. But I think how RJ handles kind of that early freshman slump, right, that rookie slump that he's gonna, you're going to have like 10-game stretch where he's shooting it like crap in three, New York fans maybe boot. Like, how do you handle that? Right, and his is going to be uglier than others because even when he's playing well, I mean, there are just going to be a lot of bad shots taken. Yeah. And then, he's a volume guy, yeah. A lot. And then, obviously, Lakers traded the pick to number four to the uh, to the Hawks, which they got from Buck. Um, you like what the Hawks did, right? You like what the Hawks did in the draft? I think they did fairly well. Yeah, people uh, like what they did. Um, um, yeah, yes, I apologize. Lakers, two Pelicans, the Hawks. I thought it was a natural fit. I mean, I love, and obviously I'm huge Virginia guys. I love DeAndre. They needed that player. They, they needed, needed that. Like, your core guys you're building off before going to this draft are Trey Young and John Collins. Yeah. You had a versatile wing that's yeah. a 
very solid defender. Yep. That can play the he three, can, guard, can play the four. He, he can, can guard, guard kind of anything, man. He put him on, they had to put him on Carson Edwards. Do you think he can guard one through five? Think guard one through four. No, no, that I, I, that's one of those things where it drives Probably me crazy. Like two through five. I think guy, yeah, um, two through four. That's what okay. He guarded Carson Edwards, but I don't know if it's. It, know, here's the thing: if you can, if you say you can guard one through five, that doesn't mean you can guard all positions well. It's just that you are capable well, of probably switching well, out ball screens. Right? Well, right. Well, well, that's what happens. That, well, that's what happens. But then. Doesn't mean lot, you're not going to get scored. Yeah, very rarely does it end up in a pure ISO situation. Yeah. Where that guy who has the ball has all the room in the world to exactly. attack you in either way. So can you just hold your ground a little? Right. Which I think he can. Right. And yeah. it's going to be interesting because Virginia obviously is still. He's got a 7 2 wingspan. Until they played Purdue and Carson Edwards, Virginia, like, ne- Virginia never switches. But in the NBA, it's going to like he, he can fight through screens, he can get over, he can play the screen really well. It's going to be interesting. He can. I think, I mean, great defender. And I think he fits in perfectly, especially in then what they went in with um, Cam Reddish later, we'll get to, I think. Add shooting and, and, and you fit a mold of a team, you're building a court. Um, and then Cavs. Cavs took Darius Garland, which probably more of an unknown for most people since he didn't really play last year. Um, so do they move Sexton to the two now? Yeah, which I think is definitely a better move. Better move yeah. for Sexton, right? Yeah. He, he struggled at the point. He's not the guy you want to rely on getting yeah. it off, you know, if you're going to have an especially in the half court when you got to run an offense. Yeah. Um, Garland, at least I think he'll be able to, he'll be able to handle whatever, whatever they want to, you know, whatever style they want to play, he can do it. Sexton, it's, you want to go 100 miles an hour, he's yep. your guy. Yeah. And then Jared Culver to, basically the Suns traded that pick to the Timberwolves, they moved back. I like that fit. I like Jared Culver. You like Culver? Listen, this is where the draft sort of, you know, once we hit four, it just became, like, I like these these guys, but when we're talking four, you know, there's a dozen Jared Culver sitting in the G League right now. Yeah. Like, there's nothing... Super special about him. Right, he's good. He's a a very good player, but that's, you know, at the NBA level... Said you can find if you wanted one of him, you can find one who's already yeah for cheaper yeah. Jared Culver, Bulls taking Kobe White. I think that was naturally wanted to find a point guard. I think kind of a lot of people expected that. Yeah, um, I, I like Kobe, man. I really do. I think he's going to be good just because he's so good at transition. I I mean I think with the with the group that they have, he'll you know he'll fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, we're talking about. Kobe White as a top ten. Yeah, well, I like. I, I, know, I, I like see it. it. Does seem but I, but I think this draft more than most really put a, a premium on shooting. Like that's like you look Kobe White, uh, Cam Reddish, mm-hmm. Cam Johnson. Like Cam Johnson going eleven. If you told me that, like I'm a Duke. What? Who? Oh, it's like Tyler Hero at thirteen. Tyler Hero. They put a premium on shooting. Yeah. Not that that's surprising if you watch the NBA, but like to to your point, like Kobe White at seven. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then... And then what, is that, what does that mean for Chris Dunn, you think? I'm just asking because it's a Providence guy. Because like, he, he wasn't, like, the answer at point, I don't think. I, and I, but uh, you think he just is no, the I, point? I wasn't, a fan, I wasn't a fan coming out of Providence. No go? No, I mean, he was just... Oh, especially when you know, he wasn't a great shooter. No, uh, he wasn't. And his form was a little... Wonky. He worked on it a lot, but it was a little, it was a little funky. He wasn't a great point guard in half court situations. 
you know, he eventually, he, he, you know, he was able to run the pick and roll. He was, oh, a, he was yeah. a very good athlete. He was great in transition. He's a good defender. But, he enjoyed deep. What I love about him is that he enjoyed the defensive. Right, game. but I think once he got to the NBA level, they exposed what the issue was, yeah. which is... Sag he, off. And make he, was allowed, he was allowed... To, well, even on when he, you know, his defensive ability, I think, was overstated. Because at Providence, he was just sort of allowed to do what he wants. So a lot of the plays he was making is because he's leaving his guy completely. I was gonna say and gambling, going, a lot going, of gambles. Yeah, going anywhere he wanted. Yeah. When forced to you know to guard a guy one on one at the NBA, yeah, he had a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how those two mesh because they're pretty radically different. Yeah. Which sometimes helps. I mean, sometimes that's good. You can play two different styles. You know, you can maybe slow it down a little bit with Chris, although he's good in transition. Probably not as good as Kobe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, or you go yeah, and ha- yeah. If you're gonna go with a you know a three guard, guard lineup, lineup of That's those two, bad. those two with Zach Levine. Yeah, because uh, Kobe's not. A, you know, you don't look at Kobe as like a defensive stopper. No. Um, so he's an energy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great hair. <laughs> um, all right. Next was Jackson Hayes. Um, I mean, this guy. You know, it's like the old saying like you just can't teach height. Six eleven with a seven four wingspan. I mean, he'll probably play ten years in the league. I mean, look at um, I'm blanking on his name, but the center for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Um, oh, with uh, the great he has great hair. Jared Allen. There you go. Like that's kind of who. Like okay. Well, I mean, well again, another Texas kid, and you know they come out, but they all come out, you know, very raw. Like a year too early. Yeah. Probably. Um, and you have to go into the right situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we're dealing with a lot of raw talent. And, you know, if you don't expect a lot out of him right away. That's okay. Yeah. You, yeah. Then bring him along to the point where he'll be ready. And he'll be, you know, he can be a 10-year starter in the league eventually. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, next one, is, I'm going to butcher it, but Rui Hachimura, I love this kid. I actually thought he could probably go a little bit higher. Um, I thought he was super versatile. I thought he looked really good. I mean, I know I always compare everything to Duke, but I thought he looked really good at the Duke game. He played really well against Zion. Um, what do you think? You guys like him? You don't love uh, him, huh? No, n- I mean, I, is he good? Yeah, will he get a bit better? Can he yeah. be, can he be like a But he's just a role player. Yeah, but but, but like <laughs> that's the thing. I think the it's for me it's more of of a fit thing. And I think the Wizards are in such a tricky spot because I think John Wall is out owed millions and millions of dollars. Bradley Beal's in a weird spot. They don't have a full time GM. They don't like it's still. an interim tag. It's still an interim tag. And so for me it was like I I don't I don't know. I think do you take would I take Cam Reddish there over him? Maybe. Will you take? I. It, it's weird. I think they were in a weird spot or a tough spot at, at eight um, or at nine. I think there were guys that probably if they would have been higher that you could take like a, a Jared Culver or a Jackson Hayes, something like that. That's more of a building block because I don't. They're not going to win this year. I don't no. see that thing. And I know Ruby's a little older, um, but. I like his game. I'm not, I'm not upset with the pick, but I just think the Wizards are in a weird spot. They were. They are in a weird spot. Like they they are are well, that's the thing. If I'm a team like the Wizards, um, you know, if I have this pick, I'm just going to try and swing for the fences. Yeah. And find, you know, 
you're not going to find your next Giannis, but you're going to there's 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 going to be a player Somebody. or two from this draft who went in the twenties. Yeah. Um, Nobody's talking about. Right. Yeah, you know, like, like Nikhil Alexander Walker. Like, there's some random. There's some guys in there that I think. Yeah. That I. Uh, I feel they, like they went trade like, back. The, the safe or kind of reliable. Right. Like, that's what I went. Which I, I don't know if they're like. That's in not what's like, not gonna, like, But it's Again, not gonna expand them or it's not. Yeah. I don't know. Like I like I understood when they did it. Yeah. When they had a healthy wall and Beal was starting to really come into his own when they took Otto Porter. Yeah. Otto Porter was a safe pick, yep. but he would he fit perfectly with those. What those what, what what I think they wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. And then they gave him a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Otto. Oh yeah. my god. And then he's off the Yeah, what now. do you need to do with got, Jabari? I mean Jabari's kind of they've got an interesting roster of uh trying to see who's still left on the like who's on the books for him for him next year. Um nineteen twenty salary caps. So the guys that he be playing, they have Let's see. Um, Wizards, he was 1920. They. Dwight Howard Johnson. Forgot Jabari. He's there. No, so those, he's gone. I mean, he's not locked in anymore. It's the only guys oh, okay. they have locked in for next year John Wall, Bradley Beal, Jan Mahimi, Dwight Howard, Troy. That's what was great. Troy Brown Jr., who they picked last year, that are small forward. Which, like, all right, I'm put that in, I guess. And then they just got more to Wagner today. Oh, they don't yeah. have. They don't they have. Got a couple, some, right? They have some cap holds. They have. Restricted bird rights on Sam Decker, Bobby Portis, Thomas Bryant chasing around, but like no nothing there that like is gonna prevent him from playing, I guess. Yeah. So like you're gonna give him the keys and hopefully keeps developing. Yeah. It's just weird. They're in a weird spot. They are. They need to find a direction. I think that's probably more interesting. Um, Cam Reddish at ten and Hawks like the fit. Yeah, I think so too. Huge like Cam. I mean, I think he. Underperformed this year is yeah, you probably would when you're going with the number one three guys, but provides shooting and that's what you put him with Trey Young and put DeAndre Hunter. And yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think lowered expectations is going to help him. Yeah, me too. A lot. Yeah, and especially with the team too. It's a young. He's going to a young team when no one's yeah. expecting the Hawks next year to compete for the Eastern Conference, but it's it a, it's a development thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, again, I think I think he's just a really good shooter. Um, I think at times, to your point, like he deflected to everyone else. Mm. He deflected to Zion and RJ, uh, which is tough. Um, so you just hope he doesn't that doesn't carry over in the league because he is going to need to be a scorer to really be effective. Because defensively, he wasn't you know great. I think he was okay. Um, so we'll see. But again, to your point, I like the fit, which yeah. I think more than anything in the NBA is the most important thing. Yeah. So that was the top ten. I mean, anyone else in the first round that stood out to you guys? Yeah, Cam. Cam Johnson. Eleven was crazy. Uh, um, yeah, and everyone I talked to who uh, you know met with him during the pre-draft process raved about him. Really loved him. I mean, but again, we're talking about it's just a safe. You know, if you're the Suns. I don't know what taking a you know a high character, solid player, does for you. Yeah. Um, but again, if they you know if they're gonna ha- you know, have to tear the, everything down again, which it, it seems like they it, he's a guy. Booker. He's a guy who will survive it. You know, he's going he's yeah. gonna help you out, um, and you know, but you know exactly what you're getting. I think you know like. You know, the, the Johnson we see now is, is the one 
we're going to see for the next few years. Yeah. I think the, the funniest thing for me when you look at it, so Devin Booker is 22 years old. Uh, Cam Johnson's 23 already. So yeah, they, that's <laughs> true. So that's true. Chad, yeah, and, and like, I get it, um, but especially you. I don't think Phoenix is going to compete this year. It is an interesting fit. And, I mean, but, I mean, the Suns, you're in an interesting spot. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of moves they've done over the years. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of them, Cam Johnson, I think Kobe White's reaction was pretty telling. He was like, you're t- Cam Johnson? He was like, crying, Cam? basically. But he like, couldn't believe it. His own teammate Why? was like, really, he's going out what? Like, whether it's just he was just stuck on the – Mock drafts and just didn't expect it to go that early, but um, it's interesting. And then you get 12 was the Hornets taking another blue blood college player, PJ Washington, Heat drafting Tyler Hero, Celtics drafting Romeo Langford. That's the rest of the lottery. It seems like the Celtics have drafted guards who can't really shoot like a couple years in a row now. They specialize in them. That's yeah. exactly what they go for. Now, I do love their Carson Edwards pick in the second round. Yeah, as their chemistry there. But it is, and it's like, I think Romeo Langford's super talented. Yeah, yeah, me too. I like and it. If he can develop it, I think there's great value there at 14, but he can't shoot right now. No. Uh, um, the other guy I want to talk about is Bull Bull. What's, what's happening? Give us some sort of scoop on what the heck's going on with this guy. So he fell to 44th. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I, this is why I, I don't understand why... Uh, the NBA invites so many people. I was just going to say, that was into the green there. room, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, that was just incredibly uncomfortable to watch. And, and it's, it's not like it's a new it's thing. Always it it happened, always with, happened with Kevon Looney. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he, I think he went the last pick in the first round. When he, Jordan Poole was sitting in the stands, yeah. goes 28 to the Warriors, yeah. and then Bull Bull still sitting there yeah. in the actual yeah. uh, the table waiting to be picked. I mean, you know, I think it's it's gonna be it's how long is this guy gonna last physically, and I mean yeah there've been talks about how much he really like enjoys playing basketball. Yeah, which is quite interesting. I thought the fit was interesting though. I, I will say because obviously Denver last year was the one to take a chance on Michael Porter Jr. and obviously sit him out this whole year, and obviously probably the the next guy up that has probably the the least trusted medicals you know, is Bull Bull. So who knows what they're going to do with them, but it is interesting. I mean, they're taking – obviously, we still haven't seen Michael Porter Jr. play yet. I know. But that was a risky pick. And I know, then, too risky. But this is another one, but you're only giving up a second rounder. Yeah, if he does turn out to a first yeah, round, no what if he just, like geniuses. Yeah, right? what if he just becomes a pick-and-pop shooter? I mean, that's not horrible. He makes three threes a game, four threes a oh, game. Oh, I mean, like, for where he went? I mean, yeah, that, what that, if he does that? is completely fine. It is just pretty wild that you're projected so high – Going into even, yeah. even after the injury, and, and you're able to just slide that low. I mean, guys like look at other guys that went ahead, like Bruno Fernando went ahead of him, yeah. Daniel Gafford went ahead of him. You look at some of these big guys that that, that went. Um, Kevin Golly from like from Florida State. I mean, yeah. all first rounds, and um, that was a surprise for me. I mean, but to see two guys who. If you checked any mock draft or anything before the season, oh, we're considered man. top ten guys yeah. to both fall. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything. Yeah, not from lottery to forty-four. Lottery to yeah. late first. But, okay. But even even little, I would have expected to yeah. someone to take, to, you know, to take a shot. 
Yeah. yeah. What do we think I like there? I mean, about Nasir. I like the fit with Portland. And it's, yeah. I don't know. Nessie, maybe it's the shooting. I don't know. But it is ironic that the whole debate this whole year is Nasir Little was playing behind Cam Johnson because Roy Williams plays the his older guys the always. Yeah. He always plays the seniors. And then it turns out Cam Johnson goes 11 and Nasir Little goes 25. I was yeah. always like, he's going to the NBA. He's a, yeah. But... I like the fit with Portland. I mean, honestly, I think he can kind of learn a lot from Alfred Farouk Aminu. I think he can try and develop in there. It's, they're obviously a really good team. And, yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, and it's a strong culture with McCollum and Lillard and now yeah. Kent Bazemore. Yeah. Um, it's a perfect place for a young guy. Yeah, I think you're really sure. there. And then the last one I'll, I'll touch on, I do like, I like Dylan Windler a lot. And I think, obviously, if you look at Beeline's team, obviously in college, he always has... Decent amount of shooters, um, and, and I think he can kind of fill in that role, hopefully space for especially if you're going to go with Colin Sexton at the two, you got to space it, um, and uh, it was an interesting pick. What do we, what do we think about Jalen McHugh not getting drafted? It's, it's one of those where, yeah, you can see if, someone maybe taking a, a shot in the late first on him if he was going to go. Mm-hmm. But once you hit that second round... It's... Oh, it's you don't know what's going to happen. Hell breaks loose. Yeah. You don't know, you know who, who teams have seen, who they... You know, and that, I think, was the biggest thing is how many people were... How many people saw him this year? Yeah. I, mean, enough, I mean, I'm sure enough, but, you know, when you've seen him once and you've seen... You know, a, you know, upperclassmen a dozen yeah, times over times. the last couple yeah. of years. And they've proven it, right? Yeah. They're playing in college, yeah. they're doing, I mean, yeah. And you have a history, you know, and you have schools where they have histories of producing guys. Uh, like, there's always going to be a Florida State guy who comes out in the second, and he's yeah. going to do well. Yeah, he's going to do, do well. well. Yeah, yeah. And that was funny. I, I watched Jalen Q a lot at, um, during EYBL last year, yeah. his three-point shooting numbers were some of those atrocious numbers. I think it was one point, after like the first two sessions, he was like, three of 35 or three of 40, something like that. And so I get, I, I know he's super athletic, he's super bouncing, and everyone wants to compare him to Westbrook just because he can jump out of the building. It is pretty wild to me that an undrafted, I didn't realize until Paul brought up today, they gave him a four-year deal with two years fully guaranteed. Yeah, did Whatever. you know that? Yeah. Which mean, is in, I, why. because in second round draft, is there's nothing guaranteed going second round. They still, they gave him Full two years guaranteed. But yeah, the thing is, you have to sort of read, you know, once you get into the contract, That's you, you sort of have to look. Dig in a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of like, um, you know, what the Rockets in the Sixers used to do. They would call them three years guaranteed, yeah. but they weren't really. They were really one year guaranteed, and, and with some other clauses in there, which could get them out of it. Interesting. Uh, that's why. There was the uproar maybe two years ago with Sam Hinkie, where you know people were saying agents aren't going to send their guys there because they're you know they're they're just what being used as filler. They by offering these kind of deals to yeah. you know with his plan of tanking and everything, and then trying to fill in whatever they could get yeah, yeah, and try and, and and try and do it you know as cheap as possible. It is interesting. One of the last things I'll touch on is staying with, staying with guys that went undrafted that are signed summer league deals. And I want to finish kind of with summer league and as we get close towards it. But there's a, a lot of guys that left early, just didn't get drafted at all. They've signed with summer league teams, but um, obviously we touched on Jalen Q. 
Marquise Bolden, I think we said at this point, Great probably his time. Undrafted, signed with the Cavs, Summer League. Naz Reed leaves LSU after a year, undrafted. Uh, I liked his game. Dick Lawson, Aubrey Dawkins. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Zach Norvell was the interesting one to me, leaving Gonzaga early, especially with what they had coming back. Undrafted, ends up Lakers, who they're going to need cheap guys. Yeah, they're, cheap they're trying to Name five fill their whole, Lakers, right? their whole salary cap with the three max guys so I think there's a shot there it's just interesting another I left early that um, after well, after two years undrafted um, and then um, yeah I mean that's Jared Harper Auburn left yeah, early his game. Um, and then Shamori Pons is another instrument I think mean, we've talked about Shamori a lot um, probably made sense for him to leave I guess at the time undrafted O'Shea Brissett um, and uh, and Tyus Battle as well. Completely undrafted guys that guys we've talked about on the podcast a lot. Good college players, um, all yeah. left undrafted, and a lot of time you'll find. I mean, there's guy plenty of guys that are going undrafted. And you find fits. I mean, yeah. Well, you know. it's happened. You know, the thing is, when we go a couple years down the road, you're going to find a large group of them are going to be over in Europe. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. the way. I mean, they just. Yeah, and the reason they weren't picked is because they just weren't good enough. Yeah. And then, so ending with that, going to Summer League, how important do you think performing in Summer League is to going into your rookie year? Do you think it matters at all? Do you think it matters, like, for a lottery pick versus an undrafted guy, obviously it's different, and there's guarantees there, but how important for a rookie is, is Summer League, it, do you think? It's, it's a great opportunity for the undrafted guys um, to – at least line themselves up for a camp invite. Yeah. Because that's the key. You yeah. need that. You can, you know, all these guys are signed to the summer league. You need that. You want that camp invite. You want to be one of the last couple guys cut, which you know, which means you're going to be one of the preferred guys playing on the G League team. Yep. And yep. when it comes time for call ups, you're going to be near the top of the list. Yeah. So you really you go out of your way. Doesn't doesn't really you know performance is, is part of it. I mean. If you're gonna go out there and shoot twenty threes and not hit a thing, yeah, we're but about. but go out there, you play hard, you play defense, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, and you just acclimate yourself well to the coaching staff. I will say this: it is a very hard, uh, t- not type of basketball, but it's hard to play with guys you've never played before, uh, played with before. You're trying, you're pressing, right? You're literally trying to. It's for your life. So you're trying your absolute hardest. You're probably worrying. Uh, you're panicked a little bit if you go like 0 for 2, 0 for 3 early. Um, it's hard. Like it, this thing is not easy to like go and be like, oh yeah, this is the kid from Kansas, from Duke, from Texas, from Cal. And now I'm here and I have to get the next thing, whatever you're fighting for. It's not easy to try and impress. Right. You know, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people have sort of instilled in these guys that this is their shot. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. You know, yeah, there are other opportunities. You're gonna have, you know, yeah, if you go out, if, if you play overseas, if, yeah. if you have to go the G League draft route, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not in a camp invite, mm-hmm. look at the amount of guys in the league now who, who have gone that way, yeah. And you know, I said, but said, people put so much pressure on these guys, yeah. Yeah. um, that yeah, in some ways it's good because it does separate. You know the guys who you know mentally yep. may not have it, 
Uh, it's going to be interesting because I think, especially if you're trying to be to find a spot on a roster and you're trying to fit a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, and you, you're not like, for example, I think Tyus Battle. Tyus Battle's a scorer, so when he goes out in summer league, he's going to be trying to like that's what he does. Mm-hmm. But another guy that's trying to find a spot on a roster, it's not maybe necessarily not a, a, a scorer. Even just looking like a Marquise Bolden's not going to go out and score you double digits. No. But you can find you rebound, the, you can find you the way rebound. I think Maurice Indoor was the perfect example of this. He his last year at Ohio, they won like ten games. Was on no one's radar. Gets an invite with the Knicks, and then just did all the little things. Whether it's defense, whether it's fighting through his hustle. Yeah. He had one, and he had one big game. I remember Jalil Okafor was the third pick in the draft. He puts up 23 and 10 with like three blocks against Okafor, shuts him down to like eight points. It's like, okay, wow, this kid can play. Yeah. Gets him an invite, night to the Knicks camp, it's the Mavericks camp, cut because of an injury. Next year, though, Knicks bring him back, he gets a full year in the NBA. Nobody's radar, but he did those little things that yeah. he's not a guy, even I think his career scoring high in his one year at the Knicks was like 11 points. You find a way, you do those little things. And well, I mentioned him earlier, and I think. He should be sort of the prototype that people watch and see how he did it. It's Ken Bazemore. Oh, yes. He went out there. He defended. He let. He acted as a leader out there. Um, you know, he wasn't scoring 20 a game his first summer league with Golden State. He was with, you know, a team that was on the rise. And he went out there and did everything he could to fit, to you know, that culture. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at. I, I wish I could pull it. There's no summer league stats, but like Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, yeah. Completely undrafted. Yeah, undrafted. I was at the G League. I was in ran, ran And now his that. video is kind of going viral was, of, yeah. of him I'm when gonna, he had his own draft party and he had to get yeah. up there and talk. But, and, but, but again, that's also an. Uh, yeah, but he mentioned it in that video too. He could have been drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of these things where a lot of. You know, it certainly happened with with some of these guys who went undrafted this it year. It says, not selected after declining two offers to play in the D-League at $20,000 for two years by teams interested in drafting the second round. Instead, played in the Summer League with the Raptors on the expectation he would be in a training camp. Summer League contract had a guarantee of three-game appearances, and they signed a multi-year deal with the Tough. Raptors. Yeah, you're betting on yourself, that's for sure. Yeah. And you, you got to respect that. This is a lot of part, I think. At the time of signing, Raptors had 14 players entering training camp on guaranteed contracts including point guards Kyle Lowry, Corey Joseph, and DeLon Wright. Competing with Brady Heslin, Drew Crawford, EJ Singer, and Jerry Utah for the final spot. Remain on the roster and team cut down to 15. Got it. So there's, always, there's a route. Yeah. Well, either way. But, um, all right. Well, we'll wrap it up. But before that, what's next for you? You going out to Vegas here soon? I'll be out in Vegas. Um, <laughs> not – yeah, I used to do the you whole thing. You a gambler? Thing. I – what do you play? What's your what's your advice? I'm pure just blackjack. Blackjack. Right. Uh, you know, I watch some of these guys play these games that I don't understand. <laughs> you know, there's, there's like three decks of cards. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I can barely understand. Blackjack. Yeah, I can count to twenty-one, so that I can I can I can I can handle that. But uh, just going out for some showcase events with some of my guys. Nice. Uh, we'll stop by summer league for a couple of days, but after that, it's you know focuses on. Getting this class signed, having yep. them, having them ready, a you know, place to play for next year, and and we're again we're already into recruiting for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it begins again. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, Ed, thank you so much again for coming on. Um, obviously, we uh, wish you luck and are jealous that you're going out to Vegas. Enjoy yeah. that. And we'll have you on here again soon, man. Thank you so a- much. Absolutely. Anytime. Great to see you guys. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, lust, rust, souls up next. And I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.